Today on Lockdown Canadians, a goalie carousel yet again, but due to injury this time, we talk about the Laval Rocket, how they're doing, are they going to make the playoffs or not, and finally, our weekly three up and three down segment, and that's all coming up on this episode of Lockdown Canadians. For Lockdown Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to episode 591. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Laura Saba, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined as always by my wonderful co host Scott Matla. And if you're in your 30s and you're watching YouTube, remember to get enough sleep because this is what you look like on a Sunday morning if you do not. <laughs> I, I was like, is this an attack at me or an attack no, on yourself? It's me. It's me. <laughs> ring light on and i can still i have the puffiness and the and the dark circles this is what happens when you don't sleep it up <laughs> i was gonna say it's like i know i went to bed late last night because our friend jay from locked on blue jackets yelled at me to go to bed when i was trying to write an article at 11 30 <laughs> last night because hi, I'm jay. Like, hi jay i was like my eyes hurt i should go to bed <laughs> or should i open an energy drink and continue writing and i got yelled at until i went to bed so no, you uh, look fresh-faced i, I do would not. <laughs> i do not feel fresh-faced for what that's worth um because that's that's what this is for. So uh. <laughs> the moral of the story is, kids, get enough sleep. Sleep is important. Prioritize it. Anyway, uh, somebody who was going to need a lot of rest now is Jake Allen, unfortunately, who got injured in the game against Toronto. Scott, what did you think of that game? I thought the Canadians had one job and they failed to execute it. They needed to prevent Austin Matthews from getting that 15-50. Instead, he got 51-50. in 50. I don't know if you, I don't care if you call it unofficial or official or whatever. There were 50 games span and he scored 50 goals. And for whatever reason, people are focusing on the fact that Habs fans like to enjoy Cole Caulfield goals? It, it, it's just like we talked about in the previous week where we don't look forward to like Habs-Leafs matchups because it's this dumb pissing contest between both fan bases. And the only thing I've seen on Twitter this morning is not people celebrating Matthews continuing to set Toronto records. He has a chance to be the first 100-point score in Toronto since Doug Gilmore. They're talking about a Habs fan who says they can't wait for the day that Cole Caulfield has more goals than Austin Matthews in a season – and that's what they're fixated on. And I don't get it. You're 49 points ahead of the Habs in the standings. Like, you're you're punching down at this point. And it proves that those playoffs last year broke their brains more than usual. The game itself was what we expected. Toronto's a better team than the Canadians. It was an ugly game, uh, at least through the first period. The Montreal kind of got back on track as it went along. But the first period was... Uh, kind of a break point. And unfortunately, Jake Allen trying to make an impossible save when Matthews uh, scored early in that game. He just, he popped his groin. It looked like it was either that or a hamstring. He went off and Eric Engels tweeted that he had ran into him after the game. And Jake just said, it's a season from hell. It's like nothing can go right for him. And you have to feel bad for that. And uh, it, it is worth noting, I uh, despite allowing a goal in the first shot he faced, Samuel Montembeau I thought was very, very good in that game. It, it, I said it on Mike O'Brien's Twitter space when we were, did the second intermission thing was it's it's the same game he plays every time. He allows the first shot he sees, and then he settles <laughs> in to be phenomenal the rest of the game. 
Caulfield scored. Uh, Josh Anderson absolutely retired Mark Giordano with a hit along the end boards. It was a 3-2 game. They didn't let Matthews get the hat trick for 100 points. They did well. The power play is an issue, and we know, we've know we known that for a while. But all things considered, that game could have gotten a lot worse, and it didn't. The Canadians hung in there. They killed a five-on-three penalty. Like there's some there's positives to take away from the game that you know overwhelmingly wasn't great on paper for the team, and that's what I'm choosing to stick with right here. They didn't win, but they showed you know their their fight in some categories there, and I think that's an important facet. So we are obviously we have to admit that Toronto is a really really good team at least in the regular season for now. I'm gonna just throw that in. It was three one, um, but there was there were a couple of things that I wanted to draw attention to that Toronto did um, that I really liked and I would like the Canadians to also do. I feel like this is something that um, good teams really really do. There was a lot. I don't know if you what broadcast you were watching, but on Sportsnet they were measuring shifts a lot and for the Toronto Maple Leaf shifts. And there were certain cases where I felt like they left a guy like Willie Nylander out too long or Austin Matthews out too long. Obviously you tr- you want to try and give him that opportunity to get that hat trick that point all of that but there were there were a couple of times where I felt that the way that they were not allowing the Canadians to break out of their own zone was when they were changing shifts there was always a really threatening player sticking around to keep the pressure on in the offensive zone until the shift changed and that's not something that I have noticed a lot the Canadians are doing this season I feel like that's just something that you kind of have to do like it was usually either Austin Matthews or Rich Marner just staying out a little bit longer and maybe I wouldn't call it a full double shift or anything like that but continuing the pressure in the offensive zone while a change happens and I think that the Canadians haven't really been doing that all that well this season I don't like I wasn't you know I I, I feel like in hindsight everything from the previous two seasons seems really bad so I can't really measure if there's going to be an improvement on that or not but obviously you need talented players to do that but that's something that I used to see the Canadians do and they're not doing and that's something that I definitely definitely want to see a little bit more of obviously they're still having trouble breaking out of their own zone but they're game in other aspects has improved enough that you can kind of comfortably assume that Martin St. Louis working on other things right now uh, and the in and out, uh, you know, personnel might be might be affecting that a little bit. But I definitely want to see the Canadians do a little bit more with their talented players in the offensive zone to kind of prolong that time. I did note that they were carrying the puck into the zone a bunch of times last night. I really liked that. I did feel that even though like Toronto just looked way better than them, they were still able to execute a lot of plays that I was impressed with. And it was mostly in the offensive milieu and not the defensive one. Yeah, like I look at this game and I go, Toronto, you know, could throw out their one and two there. And that's those are the lines I feel like I saw the most were, you know, Tavares, Nylander, Marner, Matthews, uh, some Mikheyev and stuff. And it's like, yeah, they can do that. They can ride those guys through that and get and, you know, stymie the Canadians because uh, and we'll talk about it in three up, three down. And it's something I wrote for eyes on the prize uh, until they get the top line sorted out. They're just pasting guys to Suzuki and Caulfield requiring them to be more creative on what they're doing here. So it, it went that way. And I, 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 I get exactly what you're saying is seeing that they, there's always one guy hanging back and kind of frustrating the Canadians a little bit. And this is, you have to remember Martin St. Louis, what, like 30 something games into his coaching career. He's got a, he's learning as much as these players are right now too. And it, it's tough when you're playing in and out with a lineup that, you know, doesn't feature, 
four solid lines and are in flux constantly without your starting goaltender. I, I, I find it very hard to be upset about the way the game went overall, but I, I think that this is one of those learning games from our Tanzania. Like kind of like the game against Winnipeg was where they lost eight, four. They still learned a lot from that. I think that this is a game where they look at it and go, we've got to change up how we're doing breakouts and stuff. I think the biggest thing is they've got to get the defensive zone coverage stuff flattened out here. A game against Toronto where you're turning the puck over to a Mitch Marner or an Austin Matthews or William Nylander is not the way to go at all. And yeah, Montembeau and Allen when he was in there were great, but you got to clean that up because if that doesn't get better, it does not matter how good your team is. You're going to end up with pucks in the back of the net. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And and it is important to note too that Toronto has the personnel to keep that pressure up, right? Like the Canadians, like the, on that like elite talent level, you've got Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield on their way to being that. That's 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 what you've got to work with. So obviously Toronto has seasoned veterans who are also superstars, and that's very, very different. So the Canadians will need a little bit help on the personnel front. In the meantime, there has been some goalie news that might affect the Laval Rocket, and we're gonna talk about that in just one quick moment. But first, I want to tell you about something that I use. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to take control of my health. Support It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness and is the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Literally all the things. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five feet free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So the Canadians have had to recall Caden Primo from the rocket, thereby prolonging his 2022 season of torture. I, I feel like bringing him up is just kind of like, like he, you know, every, every kind of AHLer waits for the day that the NHL club is going to call him up. And Caden Primo is probably the kind of guy that's like hiding his phone. So he won't get the call up. Um, Poor guy. So obviously we can tell that Jake Allen's going to be out for a while and Carey Price is likely not coming back for the Monday game based on this news. Yeah, it, it's a really tough spot for the Canadians because they had uh, obviously the Rocket this weekend had two games. Primo started on Saturday and started rough, but uh, closed the door and allowed the Rocket to get a win there. And if Price isn't ready yet, you don't rush that back because you don't have a setback for a guy who's had so many setbacks uh, this season here. I think Montembeau's going to get uh, the majority of starts here down until Price is ready. I think Primo is there to be a placeholder for it because every game that the Habs play this week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, the Rocket play as well. So I think that they're hoping that Price is back before too long for that because 
Uh, that leaves just Kevin Poulin in Laval right now as a contracted goalie, and he missed Saturday's game with a non-COVID illness. Uh, so it's a very touch-and-go time for a team that is on the cusp of clasping. They're 14 or clinching uh, a playoff spot. Their uh, magic number is 14 points, and they have four games this week. That could very easily uh, be a clinching scenario before long, assuming they're healthy. I, I I don't know what to make of Primo at the NHL level this year because the team's been bad. He hasn't been great, but the team in front of him hasn't helped at all. And in the AHL, he's had some shaky starts and he's bounced back. He's had some good starts where he falls apart. It's He's a prospect in every sense of the word here. So I'm very curious, and I wonder if uh, with the NCAA season over, if there's any free agent goalies out there that the Rocket go, we need someone here in case you know price isn't ready to go yet and we don't have primo for a while you got to have somebody because kevin poulin can't start four games in a week for the next three weeks that's just a recipe for disaster absolutely and it does seem like Kerry price is nearing readiness why would he travel if he's not right he's gonna he's he's been taking the morning skates and things like that and I just think that maybe it maybe it's just insurance and they send it back down tomorrow. We don't know. Maybe Carey Price is ready to go in the morning, right? Like, so when you're listening to this, it'll be a bit later than this morning that he might be ready to go. And they're like, all right, Caden, you can go back up or go back down. It, you know, we don't know, right? Like, we want to see Carey Price come back at home as fans. We want to see that happen. We want to see a welcome at the Bell Center. That might not happen. But either way, I think that the Rocket, I went to a game on Friday night. So I went to the game that that Scott was talking about last week with the old-timey jerseys. Um, it was a little bit gimmicky, but I did enjoy it. Even the band that they had. So like apparently on Friday nights, they have a second period intermission concert and they feature local bands, which is so cool. And the band was even themed to the old-timey like, like theme night. I love that. And the, like the Rocket are a really good game. And I've been to many, many AHL games and most of them have been terrible hockey but this one was a great game it was super fun it was against the americans um obviously they won every game that they played this week right they they won wednesday when they won uh friday they won saturday uh kevin boulain was in goal for the game that we went to it was an overtime win um and it was a really really good time and it's so gratifying to see how far the rocket have come not just in terms of fan support like the fans there were so passionate they were so excited and it, it was it was just a, it was a fun atmosphere and it's definitely it's a very affordable we had amazing seats and I, I think I paid like 39 each or something for the seats including the fees so it was a fantastic fantastic time and the hockey itself was really really good and it, it like I, like I said, all the HL games that I've been to before have been bad. A lot of them were were games, were Laval games in the Lefebvre era. So the team was not good. Like, I think that I went to like like 6-1 losses and things like that. And if you are in the area and you want to go to a game, I highly recommend you go to Place Bell. It's a great little arena. Um, it's got, it's, parking is terrible. It's awful. Take the Metro. It is Metro. <laughs> it's literally like you leave the Metro and it's kind of kitty corner. You walk to the corner, it's kitty corner to that. Um, but parking is awful. Just, just so you know, when I recommend you go to the Bell, to Place Bell, don't take your car. Um, and it was honestly, it was really fun time and it's just so exciting. And I think if the Rocket make the playoffs, we're going to ha- obviously have regular coverage on, on, on Locked On Canadians because they will be playing games past the Canadians. So that's, I'm, I'm really excited for that, and I really do hope they make the playoffs because it'll be really fun. And, and that's the thing about it is, is that the game they played Friday night was 
I was, I'm sitting at home covering this and I'm going, they started out well and they were by far the better team. They put like 44 shots on net and they just couldn't get a bounce. And I'm like, this is the kind of game that spirals the team a little bit because it's frustrating. And they come out and they play frustrated the next game. And then at the end of the game, it was Cedric Paquette of all people lays a big hit and he gets mobbed by three different Rochester players. And then all of a sudden it's just Sammy Niku alone in the slot in the offensive zone. And he ties the game and I go, you know what? If that's it, cool. Getting a point out of this is great to score in the final minute. And then they won in overtime with Niku and Rafael Harvey Pinard combining for the game winner. Every little thing they do, they've built a team that isn't just winning on luck or one player. Um, I said it when I was in the Twitter spaces last night is that their team is not a superstar driven team. It's a everyone's pulling the rope effort. It's Harvey Pinard, it's JS Day, it's Alex Belzeal. Everyone is pulling their weight on this. And then on uh, Saturday, they were down three nothing after 10 minutes. Caden Primo looked real shaky in net, and they came back to score five straight goals to beat the top team in the division, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference and run to a 3-0 record on the weekend there. It's really impressive what they're able to do with this team here. And I I know everyone doesn't love the AHL. I get it. Whatever. Check out the Rocket. I'm begging you. They're not loaded with prospect talent yet because those eggs haven't come to roost uh, for the team yet. But they're going to be. And they're setting a really strong groundwork for a team that's going to be Hopefully, you know, very good for the next couple of years here as these prospects develop. So yeah. highly recommend it. Good value, great arena. It's a it's a good time, but they are on the road this week. So I'll wait till they come back and they play the Marlies in their next game. That's always a fun time. Toronto Laval. Oh. <laughs> yes, we do not know. It, it, it is. It's truly a fun time. I do. I do enjoy those games and uh, I definitely encourage people to check it out. I do want to say Sammy Niku. Uh, I feel like he's one of those players. I think you mentioned this on, on a previous episode where he seems too good for the AHL, but he's not cracking the NHL. He He's the most bizarre player is that I had a I had a, did a thread about him earlier this week on Wednesday when I was watching the play in that he does all the things right. He's he not does. Doing he looks any- amazing out there. He looks so good. And it like he looks too good for the AHL, but even at the NHL level, he had very good scoring metrics. He had six assists in 13 games. And then it just something, it almost looks like it's too easy for him at the AHL level. And then he just started piling in points as the season went on and or as the week went on there. He had a very big game against Rochester and he had another solid game against Utica. And he's going to have to be one of those guys. Xavier Willett stepped up a lot, but Sammy Niku has quietly been really, really good for the Rocket. And selfishly, I'd like to see him get a shot with the Canadians. I'd love to see a Harris-Niku pairing in the NHL, but I can understand why they might not do that while he's leading the Rocket right now. He's someone that I think they should bring back next year if he's able to. And I think he's going to be a frustrating player for a lot of people just because it looks like he's not trying when he just makes it look so easy on the blue line. It's true. He does. It looks effortless. He's gliding out there. He looks so good. He was the player that I noticed the most 
during that game. And to be fair, I was kind of looking out for that as well, just because like defense has been on my mind. If you've listened to any of the past like two weeks of episodes, like defense is really, really I'm, I'm focused on that a lot right now. But I did enjoy it. And it was it was a great game. And we will keep following the Rocket as well as the Habs on this podcast. But it is Monday and we are coming up on our favorite Monday segment. And that is three up and three down. That's coming up in just one moment. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season, as well as the NHL playoffs. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action, especially since we keep talking about these NHL awards and Austin Matthews and all of that. That's where you should go. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, if you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know that we love Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a chocolate bar, like a candy bar. They are all delicious. They have 18 delicious regular flavors that are all high in protein, low in sugar, made with real chocolate. They're delicious, but they also have a rotation of special edition flavors, like for example, churro puffs, which is kind of like a marshmallow covered in chocolate, filled with protein, gives you a bunch of energy. Like I said, they're all high in protein. I use them a lot as uh, a a mid-afternoon pick-me-up, or sometimes if I wake up and I'm in a rush, I'll have them as breakfast. They'll give me the energy. They'll keep me satiated. I will definitely, definitely turn to Built Bar a lot. And if you want to try any of their really delicious flavors, you can go to Built.com and enter Locked15 to get 15% off your order. That is Built.com, Locked15 to get 15% off your order. All right, Scott, you said you had some stuff for three up and three down. Yeah, uh, uh, we're going to start with the down here. And my first thing is, and I hate doing this because I like him as a player, but I wrote an article for Eyes on the Prize talking about Rem Pitlick. And this is not him as a player that's on my down list. It's him as a top line winger that is him on my down list. It The fit isn't there offensively it's great but with the minutes that Nick Suzuki is being asked to play for the Canadians Rem Pitlick is not defensively capable enough to be effective in those minutes he was by far the worst player in terms of possession metrics against Toronto in a game where it was not pretty across the board and I I look at him he's going to be coming up for a restricted free agent contract in the offseason here and Andrew Berkshire wrote about it as well they got to be careful in that His scoring numbers have kind of regressed a little bit because he's not shooting the lights out. He's a useful piece, but he is not a top-line winger for this team. And I think that experiment probably needs to end right now just because I think it's unfair to ask Suzuki and Caulfield to kind of carry him a little bit, and it's hampering those top lines' effort when they spend most of the time trying to get the fuck out of the zone, and by the time they do, they have to change. it. It's just not a thing that's working right now, and... I think Pitlick is better served as a bottom six kind of winger there with speed and pace to help stretch the defenses out. I agree with you. I think just his defensive game is just non-existent, right? And so a lot of times when we criticize players, it is kind of a usage issue more than anything else. And I think on this on this year's Canadians, it's literally most of the decisions are, well, who else are we going to put there, right? So I think that that's kind of, they're hampered by that. And I do think that, 
the offseason is going to change a lot of things. And, you know, people keep asking, what about Martin St. Louis? I, you know, I would put lots of money on it at betonline.net that he's going to resign with the Canadians. Um, sorry, go on. I was going to say, it's like, yeah, I think he's going to resign. And my thought is pay him like for the role that he's going to be. And I think he and Jake Evans could be a useful piece there. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's uh who else are we going to play there right now? Kind of thing. Right. Um, my thought is just put Josh Anderson back there for right now. He's not as defensively sound, but that line was working earlier. So why not just go back to that? There's what nine games left in the season or 10 games left in the season. Just, just go ahead and do it. Like, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> and Josh Anderson can do a back check. It just looks exactly like his forecheck is the problem. <laughs> uh, I love Josh Anderson. I love Josh Anderson. You know that. Everybody <laughs> knows that. This podcast, we are fans of, of Jake Allen, Jake Evans, and Josh Anderson, obviously, in addition to Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Um, and I was going to say one of the downs was going to be the defensive play in general but we have been talking about that a lot so I don't want to dwell on it too too much but I really think that the Canadians are just they're kind of like plastered in their own zone and that I'm not a fan of that because they can make things happen on offense and you know everything that we say is like oh there's only nine games left in the season it's a nightmare season it's going to be over blah 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 but you know if we're going to criticize something defense defensive play is definitely at the top of my list. I think so as well is that it's hilarious to me is that they had this structure and uh, ability during a five on three against Toronto. And then the minute it returned to five on five, they just completely lost their minds. And I went, how, what do what you were just doing only with two extra people on the ice. Like I, (laughs) I, I, it blows my mind that that was a thing. Uh, The defensive zone play leaves so much to be desired in, and that's why I think we're going to get a coaching change over here. Um, and that actually kind of leads into my next thing a little bit. My other down is the power play is struggling a little bit. It's I, I don't, and at both levels, quite frankly, for the Rocket and for the Canadians. So uh, just simplify it, guys, and do what you know works. That end of the game, uh, six on four, was just a mess where you have guys who just didn't know what to do and everyone's panicking. Your NHL players, you know, take a deep breath and know what you uh, know what you do best. So, and now it's time for three up. Uh, I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna go right to the AHL for this one because uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard has been an absolute monster for the Rocket. Uh, he had a four point night and uh, a, so a couple good. of multi point games. He's been really, really, really good for the Rocket. So uh, he's someone I think is gonna make some noise for the NHL next year. And someone I think a lot of fans are really going to enjoy watching if they haven't had a chance to uh, see him as well. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, one of my ups is also, obviously, we talked about Sammy Niku in the previous uh, segment, so I'm not going to use an up on that. I'm going to talk about Jake Evans. I, I think it's been a couple weeks since we've praised him. I think he had a really strong game against New Jersey, um, and he kind of is emblematic. And, and one thing we should say about the Canadians is that even against Toronto, you know, it was a 3-2 game, and up until the last minute, they kept pressing. They did not give up. They literally did not. They were helped out by a power play. I am going to say that, and it's not a good power play, but I, I, I thought that the Canadians, you know, they just, I just, they, it would have been so easy to wilt against Toronto, and they didn't do that. And so that's a positive, and Jake, Jake Evans is kind of part of that no-quit attitude. What about you, Scott? Uh, I have to give an up to Martin St. Louis and Jeff Petrie here. And the, uh, this quote comes from Habs and High Heels on Twitter. 
Uh, Habs Jeff Petrie on Martin Saint-Louis. He gave me that confidence. He said he watched a lot of my games over the years. I've played against him. He said, know the player you can be. And he just said, I'm going to bring that back. And I think that a lot of what Petrie said last night in his return to lineup after the game is it doesn't sound like a guy who's going to be leaving. He sounded like a guy who wants to be here to help fix this team. And I, I know a lot of people uh, with Reddit uh, try not to, uh, uh, you know, they might overanalyze things a little bit, but I look at this and go, he put a lot of pressure on himself to replace Shea Weber this year. And when things went wrong, that just kind of seeped into his game a little bit. So I think um, Petrie is someone I want to give an up to here. I think that he's gotten better as the season has gone on, but obviously not the season he wanted, but I think Martin St. Louis is one of those guys that's really going to help him uh, kind of get back. If he's here next year, if he's not, it is what it is. But I really do think that in these final couple games, Martin St. Louis is going to do everything to try and get Jeff Petrie back to being Jeff Petrie. Yeah, it's a lot for the player, the organization, and the coach to think about. Um, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast prior to the season, we are big fans of Jeff Petrie. Uh, this was not a good season for him. This was not a good season for a lot of people. So we are going to keep following that. Um, and speaking of not good seasons, Jonathan Durant has had surgery in New York. Um, I do not want people just crapping on Jonathan Durant. All I'm stating is that he's not going to be ready until training camp, whether that's with the Canadians or somewhere else. Like that's It's a new, completely neutral statement that he has... Had surgery, he's out until training camp. That's all I'm going to say on that. So obviously there will not be a Jonathan Drew in the lineup for the next nine games. However, we're going to continue to cover the next nine games. And then after that, we have so many things planned for the offseason, for the Canadians offseason, as well as the full offseason. We've got so many prospect profiles, draft people. We're going to bring in people to talk about, are we wrong about certain players? I, I love those, 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 those interviews and those segments and those exercises. Um, and there's so much to cover. So please subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. If you have mailback questions or segment ideas, you can also put in the YouTube comments, mailback questions or segment ideas. We love to explore those topics. Just never be a jerk because we're just going to block you. Um, at the same time, you can follow Scott at Scott Matla, myself at The Active Stick on Twitter. And if you liked this podcast, please check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey because now is the time as the season's wrapping up that they're going to be your most important listen after us. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.